Pastor Chris's podcast. So there are over 250 flags that represent various countries around the world. Originally, flags were mainly used for warfare, identifying friend from foe and rallying warriors together during the chaos of battle when it was hard to tell who was on whose side and how to communicate, didn't have radios and walkie-talkies to coordinate things, so they would use flags instead, a visual aid in the fog of, of battle. In the 1600s, when ships began to be more common in international waters sailing across the sea, sailors started flying flags on the ship to show what country that ship came from. And this was a visual aid to other ships that were on the seas. Today, a flag is mainly a way for a country to portray itself to the rest of the world. And so, for instance, at the Summer Olympics in in a few months, we will have all of the different nations gathering and and people will rally to their flag and we will be able to know what country a person represents by the flag that they bear. The colors and the symbols in the flags have deep meanings that signify core values of a nation. And now I know I might be a little bit biased, but when I look at all the flags around the world, I just am always struck by how beautiful the flag of the United States of America is. I think it's one of the the best designs that's out there. It's just a beautiful flag. In 1777, the Continental Congress established the official flag of the United States. The flag has 13 stripes alternating red and white to represent the 13 original colonies and a white star for each state on a blue field. And I didn't know this and I heard this, but the original proclamation of the Continental Congress said that it was... um, Those stars represented a new constellation. And I I thought that was a great symbology because the United States was a brand new thing, a brand new way to govern, a brand new way for people to, to live together in peace. And so I thought that was a wonderful description of a new constellation of stars, like a new constellation of stars in the sky. I think our flag represents us well. America began independence, and even the colors of the flag are symbolic. Red symbolizes hardiness and valor. White symbolizes purity and innocence. Blue represents vigilance, perseverance, and justice. And these are values that American, America finds important and critical. We don't always perfectly represent them, but we have a perfect goal that we are striving for, and the flag represents that. It represents the nation we call home, the United States of America. We are a collection of individual states located on the North American continent. In 1776, the 13 original colonies decided to unite together and separate from the British Empire as an independent nation. Over the years, the number has grown to 50 states who are united together as the United States of America. The name describes who we are, and the flag is the banner under which we rally. 
The various names of God in the Bible tell us about God and what he is like. As we continue through our message series, studying the names of God, it is fitting that we talk about this particular name on this day, July the 4th. The name for today is Yahweh Nisi, which means the Lord is my banner. The Lord is my banner. And I want to read to you from Exodus 17, verse 8 through 16. Exodus 17, 8 through 16. While the people of Israel were still at Rephidim, the warriors of Amalek attacked them. Moses commanded Joshua, choose some men to go out and fight the army of Amalek for us. Tomorrow I will stand at the top of the hill holding the staff of God in my hand. So Joshua did what Moses commanded and fought the army of Amalek. Meanwhile, Moses, Aaron, and Ur climbed to the top of a nearby hill. As long as Moses held up the staff in his hand, the Israelites had the advantage. Whenever he dropped his hand, the Amalekites gained the advantage. Moses' arms soon became so tired they could no longer hold them up. So Aaron and Ur found a stone for him to sit on. Then they, took, then they stood on each side of Moses, holding his hands up, so that his hands held steady until sunset. As a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek in battle. After the victory, the Lord instructed Moses, write this down on a scroll as a permanent reminder and read it aloud to Joshua. I will erase the memory of Amalek from under the heavens. Moses built an altar there and named it Yahweh Nisi, which means the Lord is my banner. He said, they have raised their fist against the Lord's throne. So now the Lord will be at war with Amalek generation after generation. It's the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. God chose the Israelites to be his people, to represent him to the world. They would be his people and he would be their God. All the nations of the world would be able to look at the way the Israelites lived and know what God is like. This was God's plan because God wants the whole world to know him and have a relationship with him, to have a relationship with a God that they know. And so God chose Moses to lead the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt into the promised land. Along the way, while God's people were still quite unorganized and vulnerable, the Amalekites treacherously attacked them. The attack was so despicable, the Amalekites came to represent anyone or anything that is an enemy of God. Even after the Amalekite nation was destroyed and no longer existed, was long gone in the annals of history, the people of God would describe anyone who was an enemy of God or anyone who was uh, opposing God, uh, even, even thoughts and desires in the human heart that were against God would be thought of as Amalekites. Because this is what Amalekites represented. Sin itself 
which is the ultimate rebellion in the human heart against the lordship of God in our life. And so the Amalekites attacked the Israelites. And what was such a terrible, what was so terrible about it was that, first of all, the, the, the Israelites were just a, an unorganized, vulnerable people. They weren't doing anything to threaten the Amalekites. They were actually marching in the opposite direction of the Amalekites. The Amalekites came out anyway to attack them. But God was with the Israelites. He protected them when they were defenseless. Joshua led a group of men out to fight the Amalekites while Moses stood atop a hill. And in his hand, Moses held his famous staff, the staff of God. It was the one that God had turned into a snake to show Pharaoh the power of God. It was the same staff that, that God had told Moses to raise over the Red Sea so that it would part and the Israelites could walk across on dry land. And then he could remove, put the staff down, and the waters came crashing back in to cut off the Egyptian army. And so this was the staff. And it was a staff, it was, it was much like a pole that you would use maybe to, like a pole that we have in the sanctuary, which you would use to hold a flag. You could wave a flag, wave a banner, but it wasn't a flagpole, it was just, it didn't have a flag on it, it was just the staff, just the pole. The battle between Israel and her enemies was fierce. Yet the staff of, in Moses' hand was a rallying cry to Israel's soldiers. Whenever they saw it raised above Moses' head, the Israelites fought fiercely to win the battle. But when Moses' arms grew tired, and he lowered the staff. The people began to lose heart, and they began to lose. And so Moses' assistants, Aaron and Ur, helped Moses keep his hand up high, holding the staff up high for all of Israel to see, and, they, and Israel won the battle. There was no visible flag on Moses' staff. God himself it says, was the banner. God is the flag. And Yahweh Nisi means the Lord is my banner or the Lord is my flag. Now, you may not have heard Yahweh Nisi. You might have heard it called Jehovah Nisi. Some translations render the name Jehovah Nisi. Jehovah is an alternate way to say or to pronounce Yahweh. Ancient Hebrew had no vowels. It was all consonants. Yahweh was spelled Y-H-W-H. -H. But in some languages, Y has a J sound and W has a V sound. For instance, in America, we say John, but in Germany, we say Jan. And in America, we would say what. But if you had a German accent, you might say what with a V sound, the two Letters have a, a shift in them. And then in the 12th century, Jews wanting to avoid saying God's holy name, Yahweh, would intersperse the vowels from the Hebrew word for Lord, Adonai, with the consonants for Yahweh, Y-H-W-H. -H. And so you would get Yahovah, 
or Yahowah. Or, depending on how you pronounce the Y and the W, could be Jehovah, which is what we sometimes use today. Now, the consensus among scholars today is that the original pronunciation was probably Yahweh. But whether you pronounce it as Jehovah Nisi or Yahweh Nisi, the meaning is still the same. The Lord is my banner, or the Yahweh is my banner. And a banner serves the same function as a flag. It's an interesting relationship. God was the Israelites' flag. And the Israelites were to be God's people. In other words, the Israelites were to represent God just like the American flag represents America. When people look at Israel, and we're talking about biblical Israel, not the modern state of Israel, because those aren't the same thing, but whenever people looked at ancient biblical Israel, they were, they were looking at a people whose whole purpose was to represent God. The food they ate, the clothes they wore, the religion they practiced, the songs they sang, everything they did, everything about them was supposed to tell the whole world what God is like. That was their purpose. That's why God brought them out of Egypt. But unfortunately, Israel failed. Israel became more interested in their own power and prestige in the world than what, with what God wanted. They just wanted to live a, the good life, enjoy pleasure, and live their lives the way they wanted and, and be prosperous regardless of what God wanted. And so Israel became no different than any of the other nations around them. In their hearts, they threw down the banner of, of God on the ground and they trampled it under their feet. Yet Yahweh Nisi raised up a remnant to be faithful people who would represent him. God sent Jesus Christ to call God's people to repent of their sin and to turn to God. And all who accept the invitation become God's holy people with his Holy Spirit living inside them. And they have the privilege to represent God to the whole world. In the New Testament, in Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16, Jesus said, You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. And so now Jesus and his true followers are the flag of God. Our lives symbolize who God is, just as the American flag symbolizes the United States. As long as Christians lift up God as our banner, we cannot be defeated. Even 
And some people will say, but, but Jesus was defeated and, and Christians lose all the time. But remember, even when Jesus died on the cross, he did it because it was the will of God. And he did it in order to win the victory. And so he was not defeated. He defeated sin and death and all the forces of evil. Even though he died on the cross, on the third day, he rose to new life. And because of what he has done, we all, even if we go down in death, we have not been defeated because Christ raises us to new life. You cannot defeat God's people so long as they are following Christ the Lord. Now, from time to time, our flags will become worn. We have a Christian flag and an American flag that fly in front of our sanctuary outside. And we have to change them frequently because the wind and the rain and the sun whipping them around, and, and they will become frayed around the edges. And we try to keep them um, fresh and new and clean. But they have to be changed from time to time. And so at our regular, you know, today, after the service is over, we're going to invite you all to go out and meet in front of the church under the flags, and we're going to have a ceremony since it's July the 4th. We have some new flags, and we want to put those out. I think today's a fitting day to do that. So we'll have a, a brief ceremony after the service, and we invite you to come. But from time to time, we have to change those flags. Well, sometimes the way we as Christians represent God in the world can get a little worn and frayed. Sometimes it's due to a particularly rough spiritual battle that we might go through, something difficult, and it just it wears us down. Even though we are following the Lord, it weighs on us. Other times, it could be just due to the normal wear and tear of living the Christian life. It's not always easy. And we run into resistance. And there certainly are evil forces that are there that we can't always see that are trying to distract us and trying to turn us away from God. And it wears on our soul, on our spirit. But with God's help, just as we can change the flags and refresh them in the front of the sanctuary, we can renew our witness to the Lord. And so today... One of the ways that we can do that is through the sacrament of Holy Communion. Today, with this sacrament, we invite Jesus to renew our spirit. Just as the bread and the wine nourishes our physical body, the presence of Christ with us here right now in this special sacrament refreshes and renews and nourishes our spirit.